Today's daf is daf kuf tes. We are holding uh, towards the top of kuf ches amud beis tavu bailem l'shoimer. How many lines down is it? Uh, Eleven lines down. Okay, beginning of the line. So just in order just to understand the upcoming Gemara, we need to know something, remember something from Ein Dalad. And of Ein Dalad we learned that there is a din of motive of, 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 uh, knas, that if a person comes before Adim, whether Adim come later or don't come later, it's machlokas, whether it helps. But if you get there, for sure you get there and there have been no Adim yet, and you are moda to an event that has a knas involved, so, Mordeb Knas is Potter. But we're going to see that that Allah of Mordeb Knas is Potter is only if the uh, defendant is Mordeb to the plaintiff. It means it can't be Stam in the Velterine. You cop two people in the street. You should know, I was the one who stole that item and that's going to part me from Kefal. No. In order for Mordeb Knas to work, we learned an Ayn Dalit, it has to be in front of the defendant. So now it's going to be an interesting Shiloh because we're talking about that something was stolen from a Shomer. So let's say the Ganav is Moda, all right, to the Shomer. Not to the owner. Not to the owner. So the Shiloh is going to be in what circumstances is the Shomer viewed as the Bailim and in what circumstances is the Shomer not viewed as the Bailim? My Nafkamina. If the Hodah is effective to get the Ganav off the Knas. Right? Clear? So let's see it inside. Zagdumar. Tava'uhu Bailam Lishoimir. So the situation over here was that the Bailam went to the Shoimer. The Bailam went to the Shoimer and said, Where's my object? He said, It was stolen. It was stolen? What do you mean it was stolen? Stolen. Okay. The Nishba and the Shomer swore. Now, by swearing, and assuming it's a shomer chinam, ostensibly, what has he basically said? I'm not liable for the gneva. All right? Now, v'hukar haganev. But then, the gana was identified. All right? Tavu shomer, and the shomer came across the gana, and the shomer goes over the gana. You stole it from me. And he was maida. So there's no adam at this point. He was maida, all right? So it means they identified the Ganav wasn't with an official Eidus testifying that he's the Ganav. It means he got information that that guy was seen stealing from your house. He goes over to him, he confronts him, and he is Moda. All right? Come along the Bailim, the owners show up, it means the real owners, and they show up and they go over to this Ganav and says, You stole my object from his house? The Khafar. And he denied it. For whatever the pathology over here, that's not really the important reason. What's the, the Shiloh is the logistics over here. Vehevu Adam, and then Adam showed up and to prove that he is a Ganav. Now, what's the Shiloh here? If we consider the Shomer as the Bailim, so when he admitted to the Shomer, even though he denied to the original Bailim, and now the Adam come, and that, the and he's, he's, off the, he's off the hook from the Kofer, right? Of the, but now, understand something over here, is that the fact that the, uh, that the, when, when, when the, when the owner went to the Shomer and said, where's my object, what did he do? 
he swore that it was stolen. Right? The question is, at that point, when he swears, does that end the Shmiro? Because if that ends the Shmiro, the only way the Shomer can be viewed as the owner is if he represents the owner because the Shmira is still active. But if you say that when he swore to the owner that it was stolen and therefore I don't have to pay you, if that terminated the Shmira, then there's no way you can look at him as the owner. If you can't look at him as the owner, then when the Ganev comes and admits to the Shomer, that's meaningless. Which means when he denies to the owner and then their Adam show up, he should still be high of the Kefal. Right? Clear? Mm-hmm. It's like this. So let's see the Shaila here. Do we say that the thief is already exempted himself from having to pay careful from the fact that he was murdered to the Shomer? Or do we say no, that he does not exempt himself from the admission to the Shomer because we don't view the Shomer as the owner? And therefore, he didn't get off the hook and he still has to pay the kefal. That's the two starting over here. So Mara says like this. Listen to, listen to what Rav, Rav has an interesting cheshman. Rav says like this. Let's say, right, that you, let's say that only 15 out of the, you gave the, you gave the item to the guy to watch for 30 days. All right? 15 days go by, it gets stolen from his house. From the Shomer's house, right, from the Shomer's house. And it wasn't negligence, there was no real negligence over here. And he swore to that, that it was, I didn't leave the door open, I didn't leave the window, he he swore, right? Let's say that we catch the Ganev, all right? In the owner's eyes, would he want the Shomer to continue the next 15 days? Because the original term of the terms was 30 days, right? L'chorah says, Rava, as long as the the Shomer didn't do anything wrong. He swore, the fact that he swore he was telling the truth, you would, you would have no problem giving it back to him and, and continue if the Shomer agrees, finish off. Which means if that's the case, then the Shmira is still alive. If the Shmira is still alive, then the Shomer represents the Bailim. If the Shomer rep- represents the Bailim, then the admission is considered that admission. So therefore, really what you have to look into, says, says Rova, is would the owner agree to continue on the Shmira if we get it with 15 days still left to go? So now, it's interesting that Rashi, I'm going to explain to you how Rashi learns this and how the Mepharshim seem to explain how it makes sense in Rashi. So Rashi says like this, if we find out that the oath was a valid oath, which means that when he swore falsely, it was stolen. I mean, when he swore, swore, it was stolen. And and, and so the bottom line is, he performed everything he needed to do about the Shmira. It was stolen. It still did not violate the Shmira. And now we catch the Ganev. So the Chorah, the owner, would be willing to let him go back. But let's say the case is like this. Rajah says, let's say he swore falsely. Who is he? He was the Shimer. The Shimer is the only one who got to swear. He was swear. Let's say he swore for us. Now, this, this is where it's touchy. The Achronim Masbir over here. The Achronim Masbir means like this. This is the way the Achronim Masbir. Whether it fits into the Rashi exactly or not, you have to go see. But the case is like this. The owner comes to the Shomer and says, where's my object? So he says that, you know what? Robbers put a gun against my head and took it. Now, and we find out that he's lying. It wasn't, it wasn't an armed robber. 
It was a regular robber. Now he would have been potter with a rebbe, but he made it seem more than it was because it looks it looks better in his uh, to say that he was uh, it was jacked with a with a with a, with a gun. So he, but he but he lied. Lamaisa he lied. The question is. Do you think the owner, knowing that this guy lied, is now willing to go back and let him continue with the Shmira? If you see this guy already under oath, embellished the truth or didn't tell the truth, so you're not going to be comfortable giving him back the object. Memela, so Rubber says that's the distinction. If it's found out that the Shomer was 100% honest with you when he took the oath, so you would be willing to let him keep it. Memela, he represents you, and therefore the Hodar to the Shomer is considered like the Hodar to the owner, and therefore the thief is off the hook from the Kefal. But if it comes out that the Shomer lied, some of the, again, from say he embellished the truth all right, he made up stuff that wasn't true. So now you yourself in your mind you say, well, one second, this guy's under oath, he's wearing, I don't want to continue on a relationship with this guy. I'm not going to let him finish out the next 15 days. Memela, he doesn't represent me. If he doesn't represent me because the Shmir has been terminated, therefore, when he admitted to the Shomer, when the God of, it wasn't considered like admitting to the owner, and therefore he would still have to pay the Kefal to the owner. Clear? That's what Rav is saying. So Amarova, in the MS Nishba, if in fact the Shema swore truthfully, no embellishments, Nifter HaGanav Behoida'as Shomer. The Ganav is exempt from paying the Kefal from the admission that he made to the Shomer. Right? Let's remember the frame the case. Right? Now, but, lo, but in the Sheker Nishba, but if it comes out that the oath that was taken, had embellishments to it. There was not 100% on the up and up in terms of the oath taken by the Shomer, so then the Ganev, when he admitted, that does not exempt him from his admission to the Shomer. Why? What's the key piece here? Because in such a case, the Shomer... The, the owner would not have the Shomer re- And therefore, the Shomer is not considered to be a representative right, of the owner. Okay. What boy Rava, Rava had the following question. He says, Let's say what happened over here was, same scenario, Ganav steals it from the Shomer. All right, the Ganav steals it from the Shomer. The owner comes to the Shomer, where's my object? Now the Shomer was going to take an oath that would not have been an honest oath, would not have been a true oath. Again, whether it's just an embellishment or it'd be an out and out of lie, but it would not have been something that reflected what the truth would have been. He was ready to make the oath. And then the uh, owner says, you know what? I don't, I don't want you taking an oath. Oaths are a serious thing. I'd rather you not take the oath, all right? So he did not let him do it. Now what happens is they, keep, they catch the Ganav. Right? They catch the Ganav. Now what happened was, that Ganav admitted to the Shomer that he did it. Right? The same case. The owner comes along, he says, no, he was kafired to the owner. Then Adam come and say he's a Ganav. Now, what's going to be over here, says Rova? In the first scenario, he actually did swear so there we said it makes a difference. Was it a true oath? Was it a false oath? Here, he was willing to take the oath, but the owner never let him take the oath. So do we say like this? At the end of the day, he never swore falsely. 
So if he didn't swear falsely, maybe the owner would still be willing to extend the shmirah. Or the other hand is, well, since the owner finds out that this guy, without me stopping him, might have actually gone through and taken such an oath, therefore I don't want this guy representing me, I don't want, to, I don't want the shmirah to continue. And therefore the admission is not considered to be a valid admission, and the and the Ghana will owe me the cable. So that's the Shiloh where the oath wasn't actually taken, what's gonna be the din? And that thing what it remains, Teku unresolved. Now, Rav Kahana Masni Hacha. Rav Kahana learned the Shiloh, Rava's Shiloh, right? The 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 Rav Kahana Talmud of Rava, he learned it exactly the way we had it before. But Rav Tevyumi, a different one of the Talmidim of, of Rava, he learned the question somewhat differently. How did Rav Tevyumi learn it? Rav Tevyumi Masni, he said like this, Boy Rava, Nishba Mahu, means what the first Lashon taught is Davar Pashit. The first version taught is Davar Pashit, that if we find out that his oath was a false oath, that breaks the Shmirah, and therefore in such a case, the Shomer does not represent the Bailim, and therefore the Hodah of the Ganav to the Shomer does not exempt him from the Kefal. Rav Tavyumi learned that actually was also part of the Shailah, that Rav had that as a Shailah too. If in fact that we find out that the, uh, the, 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 the Shomer took a false oath, do we say that the bottom line is he's no longer an involved party? Or at the end of the day, since, listen, bottom line, only 15 days the Shmira went by, he's still considered to be an involved party, right? Yes or no, and therefore is the Hodah good Hodah? So therefore, Nishbal Shachar Mao and that Teku, meaning the second Lashen, what the first Lashen assumed is Davar Pashat, that it was Nishbal Lashakar, that breaks the Shmira, he's no longer an involved party. The second part of the Lashen said, maybe not. And that was part of the Shiloh. Okay, let's go on. Now, the Gemara brings down the opposite case than bef- from before. Right? The first before was that uh, the, the, the uh, let, 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 let's read it through. Again, let's say the owner all right, of the object went to the Shoimer and said, you know, he's him, he sues him, where's my object? Now, in this case, the owner I mean, the Shomer doesn't want to take an oath and he's willing to pay out of pocket. Now, what would you say? There is, one, there is a strong argument that could be made that once he pays it, who becomes the owner? The, uh, the, sh- the Shomer should be considered full. Yeah. Right, that's what, right? So it says like this. So that's the case. Instead of swearing to exonerate himself, he pays. And then Hukaraganab. Then we find out, so there are people saying that guy is the Ghana, let's go clarify it. But it's Hooker is identified. But it's not identified like Aiden came and already we sued him. It means that there was direction given, it was caught on the cameras, right? We identified him that that's the possible Ghana. To Va'uhu Bailin, so the owners, the owners go after this guy, Vahoda, and he admitted to the original owner, he admitted to the owner. When the Shomer gets there, Tavo Shomer, the Shomer goes, as you took it from my house, the Chafar, and he denied. And then the Hevi Adim. And then, in fact, the Shomer brings the Adim. Now, let's look at this further. On one hand, on one hand, so the Shai, what's the Shai? Nifter Ganabai does, Bailim Allah. 
does the Shomer exempt himself from the Kefo by his admission to who? The to the original Bailin, right? Now, so therefore, me, Amrin, and do we say that Matzi Amale Shomer le Bailin, that the, that the Shomer can say to the Bailin, Atun, that you, Kevin Deshak Lisu Lechu Demei, when you accepted from me the money, that I paid when you came and uh, I could have sworn, I didn't swear, I chose to pay you without having gone into litigation and forcing me in court to swear. I paid it off. So you have become removed completely for this case. You are no longer considered active litigants in the case. And therefore the admission that the Ghanav made to the to the owners is no longer considered to be an admission because they're not viewed, should not be viewed as the true owners anymore. Who's the true owner? Shomer. Shomer when he paid for it. That's one side of the Shiloh. Idilma, or perhaps, this is an interesting nuance here. Maybe, Matzi Amrulei, that maybe the owners can say to the Shomer like this, listen. You did us a solid. What's the solid that you, the Shomer, did to us? You said, listen, you went out and you could have sworn, we know that. We appreciate the fact that you went and did something, you did something that above and beyond that you didn't have to do. Without any questions, you went and paid. So, so we too are what we wanted to do you a favor. And therefore, we continue to track down the Ghanav. Why did we continue to track down the Ghanav? Because we wanted to catch the Ghanav. So that what? So we could return the money to you. But at the end of the day, we are still considered to be owners of the original item. We want the original item back. Yeah. And we, because we want the original item, we're not, we're not relinquished. In fact, you paid us. It's just to exempt your liability. But it doesn't give you ownership over the item. So therefore, Ananami Abdin and Loch, we want to do you a favor too. Tarchin and Bazaganva, we're going to put the effort to try and find the Ghanav. Shaklin and Anandidon, we're going to sue him, collect the money that belongs to us, and we'll take the animal and we'll pay you back the money that you gave us, but we want to keep the original animal. All right? Now, if that's the case, then they're still active litigants. And if they're still active litigants, then it's theirs, maybe. Then it's still considered theirs. So the admission, right? Now, so what, what, what they should say is they, they should say to the guy, listen, we'll say that we don't want, you're the owner. He let him pay you the cave and we'll split it 50-50. But they're not doing that. Anyway, the point is that that, that is the Shiloh. And that Shiloh Teku remains unresolved. Right? We understood both sides of the Shiloh. This guy, it's the inverse case of before. Now, Itmar. Okay. <coughs> It was stated, it was stolen with an onus. Now, steal, and stealing with an onus means it was list of it was armed robbery, mm-hmm. right? A regular gneva is not considered to be mamish and onus, but armed robbery is considered to be, ma- an, uh, is, 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 is. Now, what's that? Well, that's the way we said it's really gneva because the guy's afraid and he's using a gun. We had two, two swords like before. Now, but Shaila is like this. Let's talk about it. Shomer Chinam, he is potter on regular Gneva, and Kol Shekane is potter on Listen Mezuyan. Right? Everybody with me? He just has to swear, but he's potter. Shomer Sachar, the truth is, even when it's a paid 
right? He is also Potter from Gneva and also from Listin Mezuyan. He's also Potter from Listin Mezuyan. So in, if once it's a, I'm sorry, he's Chayv in Gneva. I'm sorry, make a change on. He's Chayv in regular Gneva. Regular Gneva is considered to have a tinge of some level of negligence, not completely beyond control. Right? If you really double down, he had, a, but, but, but at least the Mezuyan, which is considered to be more honest, mm-hmm. so therefore, so a, a, a Shomer Chinam is, is Potter in both with an oath. Shomer Sachar is Potter from regular, uh, is Chayv mm-hmm. in regular Gneva, but he's Potter from list and Mezuyan. Okay? Now what happened over here was Nigneva Ba'ones Vahukur Aganav. Okay, so the, the armed robber was found. All right, means basically people identify that we saw this guy go into the house with a gun, but it hasn't been clarified yet. He hasn't been brought to court. It's just there is somebody there that can be gone after for the, the robbery. Mm-hmm. Now, so Amar Abayas, Abayas says like this. We're going to learn this like Rashi. We're showing him to have a difficulty with Rashi, but the, the Rashi learns it. Im Shomer Chinamu. If he is a Shomer Chinam, now the responsibility, the liability of a Shomer Chinam is less than the person who gets paid, right? So it says, Im Shomer Chinam who? He has two options available to him. Ratza Osa Imodin, if he wants, he can say, because the bottom line is at the end of the day, especially it says day 15, right? So if he still feels the responsibilities of Shmira, all right, he still feels the level. He can say like this. This way Rashi learns it. Osa imodin, he can do, he can, he can settle with the owner. What does it mean he can settle with the owner? Rashi learns the words osa imodin is going on the original owner. He can say to the owner, listen, your item was worth $1,000. I'm going to pay you the $1,000 and I am going to go and litigate. Right, osa imodin. Right? And I'm going to go and get... I'm going to go find the thief. I'm going to... I, we, I know already they've, they've caught the guy. I'm going to go and litigate with him. And I'll collect my... I'll collect my proceeds. Might be... He might even get the cable in that case. It's a good Shiloh uh, in terms of that. But, says, uh, 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 says Abaya, but also, since again, it's a Shomer Chinam, Nishba, he can actually walk away. He can swear. The Shomer the shaman can say, listen, I'm swearing, I had, it's not uh-huh. my, and, 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 I, and therefore, and that'll be your responsibility then, right? So I can either keep skin in the game. How do I keep skin in the game? By paying the original owner what it was worth and then litigating with the thief. Or if I want, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. I can take the oath that I was not negligent, that I did not steal it, and I, you know, I did not uh, do, and you, the owner, then have to go litigate with it. This, I'm learning this way Rashi learns this. Now, but if it's a Shomer Sokhar, the fact that you get paid, that means you have a higher level of responsibility. You have a higher level. So therefore, what does a buyer say? In Shomer Sokhar, the only option you have is Osa Imodin. Means you still, your, your, your liabilities and obligations of Shmira are still much more stronger entrenched. And therefore, what you require to do is since it is within your purview of how to get back the object, so you I'm have right. to go ahead and do it. So therefore, pay the person, pay the owner the value of the item. Don't, you, we don't let you take the oath. 
Normally, <laughs> normally you would have been able to take an oath because there's a list of mezuyah and a shomer sacher is potter. Normally you can take an oath, but we don't let you do that because here you know how to get it back so your shmir is still active. So we're not going to let you take that oath. Right? The ain't a nishba, and therefore you pay the person and ain't a nishba. The, the, the Rajba, the Rishonin problem with Rashi is that I, you want to tell me that it's still active, I understand, but why do you have to pay up front? Why should you have to pay the money up front you to the original owner? Just go pursue it. And therefore they learn Osemodin means go and litigate with a thief. Not go settle with the... That's how they learn the Gomorrah. But, right? That's how they learn. But Raji doesn't learn that way. Raji learns Ose Modin means go pay the owner and then... Uh, and, and you can't swear and you have to go litigate, get your money back. And according to Ira, which might be the case, your mouth can even collect the kafel maybe. Right. Now, no. that is a bias. A bias makes a distinction between whether you're a Shomer Chinam or whether you're a Shomer Sachar to your level of Shmira of pursuing the, 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 uh, the item. Rava says it makes no difference. Even a shomer chinam. A shomer chinam can only exempt himself with a shvua is if you don't know how to get the item back. But if you know how to get the item back, as part of your shmira, you have to do everything to get the item back. And we don't give you the option of the shvua. You need to settle with the owner and go after the thief to get the item back. Even a shomer chinam, not just a shomer sacher. Okay, everybody with me? That's our, it's machlokas rov and abayim. So it says the Gemara Lechora that this machlokas abayim rovo, right, is leim apliga darav hunabar avin. Seems to be the same machlokas uh, it, it seems to be, I'm sorry, seems to be both of these opinions, uh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, just Rava. That Rava's opinion, not like, Rava's opinion seems to disagree with the opinion of Ravuna Bar Avin. How so? The Shalach Ravuna Bar Avin, Ravuna Bar Avin sent the following uh, halach, he sent the following ruling. Nignava Ba'ones, Vahukuraganav, seems to be our case, that the item was stolen. Right? Through an onus. Let's say listen Mizuyan. Okay. And then the thief was, uh, was, was identified. Again, wasn't 100% clarified with Aiden, but was identified who it is. So you know where to go. Im Shomer Chinamahu, Ratza Osei Modin, Ratza Nishba, seems to be a biased position. If it's a Shomer Chinam, you have two choices. You can either pay and... Uh, uh, pay the owner and then go after the thief. Or if you don't want to do that, you can take an oath, Ratzon Nishba, which we said meant that you remove yourself from the situation. I'm swearing I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible. And the owner has to go after the thief, right? You have to settle with the owner and you don't have the right to take the oath. Now, if we read this exactly the way it reads, it's mama's word for word what Abayah said. And as such, which follow Abaya does not follow the position of Rava. So when Rava's ruling is, please Ravuna Baravin, would argue with the ruling of Ravuna Baravin. Everybody with me? Amalach Rava. Rava would say to you as follows I don't have to be necessarily arguing with Ravuna Baravin. Why? Because, because it could be that what I'm talking about over here is Kigayan Shekodam Vanishba. And we're going to see how it fits into the words. Is the case over here is talking about Rav Hunabar Avin was talking about specifically where the Shomer swore. He jumped and swore before they identified where the Ganav was. 
means the oath was taken before uh, they identified where the Ganav was. Now remember, if they haven't identified the Ganav, everybody agrees that the Shomer has a right to take an oath. Is that right? He has an ability to take a rest. It's a, uh, his, his potter in, in, in Liston Mazuyan, so he can take the oath. But you know what happened was he jumped and he swore before the thief was identified. All right? So now, at that point, he did not have any chiyuvim to, to pursue the, to the, the ganav. Why didn't he have any when he took the oath, right? Because at that point, they did not identify yet who the thief was, who the thief was where the ganav was. All right? So therefore... So, so that, so therefore, that, uh, right, so now, that's the, 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 so therefore like this. So, uh, uh, so, and then what happens, the thief is identified. And then what happens, the thief is identified. So in such a case, do we say that, uh, uh, it's possible, not that we say, therefore it's possible in such a situation, all right, then we make a distinction. You took the oath. The fact that we identify the thief, we're not going to make you go after because we can rely on the fact that you took the oath. But if you're Shoma Sachar, even though you took the oath, you took the oath not knowing that the guy is available, but now that you know the guy is uh, identifiable, you still would require to go and find him. But if we identify the thief before the oath, then it could be that even Rav Hunabar uh, Avi would agree with Rava's ruling is that we don't allow you to go ahead and take the oath. So this is, but the problem is it doesn't fit the words because Rav Hunabar Avin's words were Harotza Osamodin, Rotza Nishbar Ka'amar. It says he has a choice either to settle up with the owner or to swear, which means it's not talking about that you already took the oath. It's mashmais, you first identify who the thief is, and then he's given that option. So how can you tell me the case of Rav Adabar Avin is talking about where you swore before they identified who the thief was? It doesn't fit the words. So what is this Amar? What Rav Adabar Avin, and Rav is going to have to say, what Rav Adabar Avin meant was, Ratsa, if he wants, if he's a Shomer Chinam, so then it means, Omed so not that he can take the oath. He can stand by his oath. It means he took the oath already, and if he wants, he can stand by his oath. We don't make him run after the thief. And if he wants, he can still settle up, because again, the point is we tell him, you didn't know that the, that the person was there, that, that the, your thief was identifiable. Do you want to stand by your oath and remove yourself, or do you want to go after the guy, right? So that's the, uh, uh, so therefore, and if you want to go after the guy, pay up, and then go find the thief. So that, that, that's the shot. So it, means, it doesn't mean that he actually took the oath. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean that, he, he, that, that we're saying you have a choice to take the oath. It means you have a choice to stand by the oath that you already took. It's a little bit of a squeezing it into the shot of the, the statement of Rabbi Avin, but that's how you can reconcile what uh, Rabbi Avin's ruling with Rabbi. Everybody with me? Yeah? Okay. So Moses says like this. Now, both Rava and Abaya both, uh, agreed, though, that the Shomer Sachar, right, if the thief has been identified, the Shomer Sachar is not given the option anymore to swear and remove himself. Since it's part of his Shmira and he has a higher level of reliability of Shmira, according to Abaya, according to Rava, it's the same as the Shomer Chinam, you now know where the object is, you know the thief okay. is, you should go ahead and get it. Right? Why you have to pay the guy, the, the owner first? That's already the Rishon's Kasha and Rashi. But the mindset, you have to go ahead and do it. All right? Because basically, 
your, 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 your responsibilities are not terminated if we now know where the object is. Right? Okay, now. The Gemara brings down a third opinion that seems to agree with both Rav, seems to disagree with both Rav and Abai. What does this third opinion say? So it says like this, Rabazuti Boilahachi. Rabzuti asked the Shaila in the following way, which it says like this, Nignevab Onus. Again, a, uh, a, the, 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 the Picadon was stolen through a list of Mizuyan, was an Onus, was stolen through a list of Mizuyan. Now, what happened was like this. So, he has like this. He holds for sure to make the, the Shomrim have to go after the robbers, even if we know where they live. We're not, that you're not going to require. Okay, so, but what is the Shiloh? What happens if that Shomer, that, that Ganev, all right, uh, got, got, wanted to do tshuva, and he brought it back, and what did he do? And he went and he uh, brought it back to the house of the Shimer. Right? So now, all right, so now what's the Shaila? Now the Shaila is as follows. Now, once it was listed Mizuyan, okay, according to, not like Rav and Abai, but according to this fellow, Rabzuti, Rabzuti, uh, Rabazuti. Rabazuti holds list in Mazuyan, they are exempt. That terminates, that would technically terminate the Shmira. But the Shmira could be possibly reactivated. Why? Because what did the Ganav do? He brought it back and put it in the home of the Shomer. Okay? So now let's see what happened. Now what happens is that the Shomer was negligent not watching it the way he should be, mm-hmm. and it died at this point. Now, if you hold... On the second round. The, on the second round. Now, if you hold that the Shmiro was terminated completely, and the guy went and put it back, somebody goes and puts something into your house, and you're, and you don't have full liabilities, the Shama should be Potter. But if you hold that the Shmira has not been terminated, either it's become reactivated or never was terminated completely, mm-hmm. so then the, yeah, so that's what he learns. <coughs> so it means he disagrees with Rav and Abai because Rav and Abai held that the Shmira is not terminated by Shomer Sachar, and the Shomer Sachar actually has to go to the house of the Ganev to get the item back. Rabbi Zuti holds no. There's no reliability, responsibility of the Shomer Sachar once it was stolen with list of Mizuyan to him to go to the house of the robbers and take it back. That, for sure, he doesn't have to do. But what happens if he didn't have to do that? Why didn't he have to do that? Because the robber brought it back. So if you learn the Shmira had been terminated right away, so then the fact that it was Shia now, as long as it's not Mamash and Mazik, he's going to be Potter. But if you hold that the Shmira is not terminated or it, becomes, it, it comes back again, then he's higher for the Shia. Yeah, that's the way Rav Barzuta, but he disagrees, you see, with Rav and Abai's understanding. Right. So, me, I'm going to came to he, he disagreed that he, he doesn't think that the Shomer should have to go and That's go correct, right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, me, I'm Renan, so therefore, amazing, Shemal. Me, I'm Renan, do we say, came in the Nick of Abba Inus, 
so that the fact that it was stolen by Oynes, which is one of the exemptions of the Shem Esach and the Shem Echinam, that terminated the Shmira. And once the Shmira was terminated, the fact that it was brought back, he's no longer viewed as the Shomer of the item, and whatever basic responsibilities he has, it's not to the level that, so therefore, if something happens with Shia, you have to exactly know what the case is, because you can't damage someone's item, but it wasn't that he was actively mazik the item. He's butter from it, because it's not a Shomer, it's not the Shomer anymore. Right? Or maybe what happens is that once it was returned, even if the, the, you say that it was terminated at the time of the theft, but once it's brought back to him, possibly what happens? It reignites the Shmira. The Shmira comes back. And if the Shmira comes back, he's going to be higher for that. How do the Shmira the Shmira comes back? And that then what remains, take who unresolved. No, he does disagree because the fact that he's only couching it in terms of when it was brought back, clearly he holds you don't have responsibility to go looking for it. If you had responsibility to go looking for it, then obviously the Shmira didn't terminate. Alright? Now, the next Mishnah we've quoted many times already, and we're going to go through it pretty quickly. Right? The owner comes to the Shomer Chinam and says, Where is my, my Pikodon? Amalei Ovat. So it's telling Tainus Ovat. He's claiming what? That it was lost. Lost. Very good. Mashbiachani. I am adjuring you with an oath. Vamar Amen. He said Amen. Don't say the words. He just says Amen. Va'edim einos shachla. And the Edim say one second. He had a barbecue last week. It wasn't lost. He himself went and aided Mishalem Karen. Since is only it's only said he only said it was lost. He never said it was stolen. He's only chayv to pay Karen on such a thing. All right. Now, and obviously there's no dollar Vehei either, because if there's no Kefal, there's no dollar Vehei. Now, let's say it wasn't Adam that came, but he himself, uh, after having sworn falsely, was Moda that I swore falsely. So in such a case, Mishalem Keren Vechomesh, he is responsible for the Keren, he's responsible for the Keren, and he has to bring a carbon. Asham to be doing that's that's like a tshuva component, the kapara component for having sworn falsely peace. Yeah. All right. That's not having to do with the chomish or anything else. That's the, like a, like the, a separate component. The, the chomish could be part of the kapara. We discussed whether it's part of the uh-huh. payment, part of the kapara. But anyway, but it is the kapara. It's connected only to where he was molded. Now, let's go. Let's hechem pigdoni. What about a, sec, a separate case? All right. The case was where's my object? Amalei said nignav. In this case. The Shomer said it was stolen. Oh. Again, are you willing to swear? And Adam are the ones that say that what? Yeah. He is the fellow he that stole it, yeah. right? It doesn't say he ate it, right? Which fits the way we said before. Because if he ate it, he wouldn't just have to pay the kefal. If he shechted it, could be his chayv down there. So Mesham Tashlum Hekefal. Hodem Atzmam. And in this case, by the way, let's say we said it was stolen. It wasn't Adam that showed up. Him on his own came along and said, I lied. So therefore, right, again, without the Aiden. Now, the Gemara says like this, that uh, uh, if you, we, we know that the, the, this, the, the, the kapara involved, when it comes to a false oath that you admit, you're required to return the object in order to get your kapara, you have to return the object even if the person lives in Madai. 
and it's going to cost you a flaw, an error. So to really get the kapara for such a case, even though normally you can give it to Beistin, you give it to a third person for regular Gneva, but when it comes to, in a case where you're moida, and you, that you're supposed to, there Mamash have to get it. Based on Psukim, you have to Mamash get it to his hands. All right? Now, so Moise says like this, what happens in the following case? Hagoizel is Aviv. Person stole from his father. Person stole his father. The Nizbeloi, the father called him on it, and he swore falsely. All right? That here. Now, the mace, now the father dies, and now the son admits. But now, he, 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 right, now the, the, the question is like this, at the end of the day, he, he's, your, he's a Yorish. Yeah, he's only getting a piece of it, maybe. He's, he's getting a piece of it, there is a piece of it there. Now, in such a case, says the Gemara, is that the fact that he admits, says the mission, the fact that he admits doesn't take away that responsibility of returning the Gneva is still there. The and, Right, so therefore, Hareza Meshalem, Kerem Echoimish. All right, we're not talking about the Asham of here, but we're talking about what he has to pay. So you, have to, you don't pay the, the brothers, the Asham, the Asham he brings himself, so that's why it's in parentheses. So Hareza Meshalem, Kerem Vechomish, to Lebonov, if there are other brothers, he would have to pay them the Kerem and the Chomish. Oh, or he has to pay to his father's brothers. Means if there were no children, means he didn't have any other brothers, so then they would be the ones who he has to give to represent the father in, in, in such a case. Even but, though they were really not Yerusha. I mean, because you're the father, they're the Yerusha. But the strength, the power of having to give the, the, the item to be Yotze, the kapara of it, is so strong that even if you're the only son, you have to, pay you have to give the uncles to, to be able to carry the chomish to be yotze your din of if you want to get the kapara of having sworn falsely. Now let's you can go. Argue with All right. <laughs> now in Eina Rotze, right now what happens if uh, he, he doesn't want the meaning meaning? He doesn't want kapara. No, he doesn't want to forfeit. He doesn't want to give up the chilek of the robbery that he should inherit. Because by doing this, he does lose a financial piece. Mm-hmm. Now, so how can you, how can you like come up with a chap, with a loophole, that you still get the tshuva, you still get the kapara, but what? But you don't lose the piece that would have been yours through the inheritance. That's what we're trying to say. So what does he do? Osha Anglo, what happens, let's say, more than, let's say he doesn't have the money. Meaning, you're asking him to give something. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have the money to give it right now, right? I, the inheritance has it, but he doesn't have the inheritance right now. So how does he pay? So the money comes up with a chak. What he goes to is he goes to a creditor. He borrows the money from a creditor, all right? Lova. He borrows the money from a creditor. Now, once he's borrowed the money from a creditor, he has the money to do what? To pay. To pay. And he tells the creditor, you can collect from the estate. <laughs> you understand what he did over here? He fulfilled his din of paying, but he doesn't end up really losing. Why didn't he end up losing? Because the, the, the creditor comes and takes back so the... the, the he, by, by taking and borrowing the money means he, he 
No, no, he borrowed the money. Now he has cash on hand. Now he goes and pays back the brothers. He goes and pays back the uncles. No, no, that's what he borrowed it for. He's doing it that way. Now, and he then, but he, then the creditor wants it. I, I have a chalik in the Yerusha. Go collect it from the Yerusha. So what he gains over here is that he doesn't end up losing. Yeah, so now, Love Ubale Chov Boyin Benifroin, and the creditors then can come and collect from the inheritance because ultimately he had a right to that inheritance. So this is the way where you can create a loophole how you don't have to lose. Otherwise, you would lose money. Yeah. Right. Now, it says it more like this. The Gemara brings down a similar situation. Where you use that same loophole. What's the case over here? Ha'aymer livnoi. Person told his son, Kainem iata nenes mishali. Father gets upset at his son. He says, I make a konem. Konem means that anything I own is also to you like Hegdish. All right? Father, right. Only son? Doesn't matter. We'll see. Now, in Mace, what happens is, once the father dies, so then, Yersheno, the son can inherit the father. C-A-N? Why? What? C-A-N? Can or can? Can, can. Why? Because the father... once the father dies, he no longer owns the property. So when the father doesn't own the property anymore, the neder... Goes away. Goes away, and therefore the son is able to inherit. However, Bechayev of Amoso, let's say that this father was so upset at the son that he made the nether to include my mm-hmm. asset even till after I die. Okay, now how that works, mechanics of that, but it seems that it could work. All right? So now, so in Mace, in this case where the father dies, lo yarsheno, the son does not have a right to inherit from the father. So now what happens? So So therefore, he has to give his portion either to the brothers, his brothers, or if he's the only survivor, since he can't inherit it, it goes to, now it doesn't really, he gives it, but that's what's gonna end up happening. Since he can't take it by default, it either falls to the brothers of the dead person or to his own brothers, all right? Now. It's nothing, you mean, he gets nothing. What's that? He gets nothing. Right. Now, im enla, here im enla means he has nothing to eat. The guy's mamish impoverished. He's, he needs that Yerusha to survive. So here we have a loophole. What's the loophole? So Leva, he can borrow the money or the food from a creditor. And then when the creditor comes to him and says, I need to pay back, I don't have anything, but you can take it from the estate. So therefore, So that circumvents the nether. That would be because the, the, the creditor is allowed to use it. You're not allowed to benefit from it, but he is. So therefore, that would be similar using that loophole. I'm Rabbi Yosef. So the Mishnah said that if uh, you have stolen from your father, the only way to get to Shuva is the only kapara if you give it back to a Yorush. It could either be your uh, brothers or your uncle, but you aren't allowed to hold on to the uh, stolen item. Even if you're the Yorush and you should inherit it, you still have to uh, give it away. So the Yorush was saying it, if you can't find another Yorush, then you have to get rid of it. You have to give it to, even give it to the Daka, for your kapara, there's no way you can hold on to it. So Amar Apopovit, Sarek Shayam Gezel Avi. 
He says, for you to get the full impact of the kapara, if you're giving it to tzedakah, it can't look like you're giving tzedakah and take credit for giving tzedakah. You have to announce that you're giving it because this is the stolen property that I stole from my father and I am, I'm, I'm divesting myself of it. Now, the one has the following question. This goes back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if you stole property from your father and he dies, so then you have to either give it to your brothers, you have to give it to the uncle, right? So, or and let's say there are no brothers. He says, you can't hold on to it. L'chara, why not? Why don't we say is that it's when, when the father dies, so then and you, you, your, your obligation to give it really is to the person who now is next in line to get it from the father, which is you. So why can't you be meichel it to yourself? So am I, why do you have to give it to somebody else who's not directly in line, or your portion that is not in direct line? Why can't you be meichel it to yourself, and then by, you're legally you're getting it through that mechila? Because it, it's, it means, bottom line, it's coming to you now, it turns from being a stolen item to become something legally you have a right to possess. So why can't you hold on to it? So it's calling it mechila, but it's like being meichel to yourself. I mean, you're getting it, it now becomes yours legally. So nimchel and the Mar brings a raya that the chila does help. We learned earlier in the uh, in the Masech that we had before on on Kuf uh, Gimel. It says that It says that you have an obligation in order you want to get kapora. Yet even person is the mother, you have to take it to mother. But if the nigzal is moichelit and says, you know what, you don't have to. You you don't uh, you can keep it. So he says like this, that you don't have to go for the chaymish to madai because the mechila is considered mechila. So you see mechila works, meaning if, it's, if it changes, the nigzal changes it to becoming that legally allowed to hold on to it. So it means now you're allowed to hold on, even though you got it through an illegal manner, but now you're legally allowed to hold on to it, you don't have to return it. So why don't we say the same thing over here? So I'm a mechilohi. You see that the robber or the, the item that the robber possesses is Shaykh to becoming yours legally, even though you possessed it illegally, and you don't have to get rid of it. So then why don't we say the same thing over here? So Rabbi Yechon Le'Kasha, HaRav Yosiaglili, HaRav Yekivu. What Yechon is going to suggest is, this is Rabbi Yechon's way, we're going to see different ways of answering, but this is Rabbi Yechon's way of understanding, is that this actually is a Machlokas Tanoim. What Yechon is going to say, there is a Machlokas Tanoim, according to uh, the Tana of our Mishnah, which we're going to say is Rabbi Akiva, that once you received it illegally, even if it later on becomes legally yours, through Mechila, through Yerusha, it legally becomes yours, it doesn't matter. That in order to get the full impact of the Kapara, you have to divest yourself of this item. Even though now legally you have a right to hold on to it, you have to get rid of it. Whereas, we're going to see the Shita of Rabbi Yosiak, legally Taka holds, is that if it turns into a legal possession, that itself then uh, removes the requirement to get rid of it, and you can get kapara without having to get rid of it. So, sign we learned in a brisa. says, So, says that if you can't find, there is no living relative that 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 you can give it to, that you can give the item. So then it, you have it becomes Hashem. You have to give it to the kayan. How do you have any Jew? That doesn't have relatives. You go back to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. Someone's going to have a relative. So the guys like our cousin The pasuk specifically referring to when you stole from a convert. A convert taka that he has no yarshim. Yarshim is gar kodesh and no He can have no 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 living relatives. 
brings down the following case. The bride, it's actually the brisa. The brisa says, let's say you stole from a, a a a convert, and when he called you on it, you swore falsely. And you got information that the ger has died. Now you want to get kapara. So obviously you uh, you uh, you're maida. You admitted. And now what you want to do is you need to bring a Keren Chemish and an Asham, and you have to take the Keren Chemish to, be, to the base Megdash to give to the Kohanim, and the Asham you have to bring also the Korban. So therefore, Hayamala Kaspava Asham Yerushalayim to get the full Kapara. Upaga Ba'isa Ger, and you found out that the information was wrong, and the Ger was alive. Uzakafai Allah B'milva. So it says that uh, the Ger changed, he converted the uh, item that it no longer should be like stolen property, but you're allowed to hold it as a loan. Let's give it a six month loan, let's say. Now, yeah, in six months, you have to return it. All right. What happens is before the six months are up, that you can give it back for mace, and then and then the ger died. So the robber acquires it because uh, the one is going to say the understanding right now is that at the time of when you. Uh, when, when he dies, so that becomes Hefker, so you possess it now legally, that's enough, you can hold on to it, and you don't have to dispossess yourself of it, You're, you, you, you can hold on to it, right? So, so therefore, and that's the Rav Yosei Aglili, that's Rav Yosei Aglili, Rav going to say, you see Rav Yosei Aglili holds, that if it legally comes into your hands, you no longer have to give it back for the Kapara. Whereas Rav Kiva Aymer, Ein Loi Takona, Achi Yoytze is that, no. Yeah, yeah, because even though it was changed into being a loan, at the end of the day, the item originally came to your hands through Exela, the only way you can get Kapara is if you dispossess yourself of this, you have to remove it from your possession. Now, Mora now assumes that, that, that even though you could argue, and we're going to make this uh, argument soon, is that maybe there's a difference when the Nigzal, who is the victim, is Meichel to you, so when you take it yourself, you're mechila to yourself, literally, or you take the possession of it in a, in a legal way, but not that the mechila is coming from the nigzal. But the one assumes the point is no difference. That either way, according to Biosi Aglili, if now you have possession legally, whether it came through the nigzal uh, giving it to you, bringing mechila to you, or you yourself taking it through some, some mechanism that you now legally have taken it for yourselves, whether you took it for yourself, or whether it's others that were meichel it to you, the mechila is a good mechila, and you don't have to dispossess yourself of the item now that you have it legally. That's according to Rabbi Yosef Lili. And we're also assuming in Rabbi Akiva, that also with Rabbi Akiva holds that as long as it came to your hand originally illegally, even if now you have legal possession of it, it doesn't matter whether the mechila was done by the victim or whether it's done through your own taking possession of it. Either way, you cannot get kapara until you dispossess yourself of it, and therefore, and and when, and, there, and the one is assuming, and therefore, it comes out that there is this machlokas tanoyim will reflect the two contradictory mishnahs. Rabbi Yosei who adin dafilu loy zakfa b'mil. And according to Rabbi Yosei Aglilu, we're saying right now is the bottom line is that if you take it legally, it now you can hold. On, if it becomes legally, if you hold on to it, you allow you don't have to get rid of it for the kapara. So even though the case of the brisa was talking about where the um, where where the the uh, the the ger before he died switched it to, to you for being alone. 
and now you, it becomes Hefka when he dies. You really don't have to have that happen. Even if you never switched it to a loan and remained the original Xegelo, the bottom line is once he dies, you'd be allowed to hold on to it, right? Either way, the same thing would be, either way would be the same. So you don't have to have the case where you switched it into being a loan. All right, so I didn't feel a loizak for Milva. That, that, you, that you'd be allowed to hold on to it and you don't want to think of it. So the high, then why do you have to make the case that where the guy turned it into a milva? The only reason it did it is you don't need it for a Yosef Agli, because if Yosef Agli Taka, you don't need to have that happen. You'd hold out or hold on to it even if it remained exela and then the guy died. But it's like, like it's really coming to tell you the Chiddush is in the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Kiva holds that you have, dis- have to dispossess yourself of it, even if now you have rights to it legally. So you might have thought that uh, maybe that's only if it was always a gzela. But what happens where the thief turned it into a loan? Maybe they're talking that you could hold on to it. No, even in that case, since it originally started out being a gzela, you still have to dispossess yourself of it. Either way, you have to get rid of the gzela, according to the shita, of Rabbi Akiva. So therefore, that's the only reason we're saying in the shita of Rabbi, the way Rabbi Yochanan is being masbir, that I talked about a case where it was up for love milva is to tell me that it's even according to be that according to Bekiva, even though Zagvala Milva, you still have to dispossess it. But the sheet of Yosek Lili, once it becomes legal to hold on to it, you hold on to it. So whether it came through Yerusha or Zagvala, or whether it came because of Hefker or Zagvala Milva, and therefore now it became Hefker, or, or because the, 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 the person died, and now you should be able to hold on to it. Either way, it should make no difference. Now, the problem is like this. So if we step back for a moment, so the way Rabbi Yochanan is being Mazdir, it comes out, our Mishnah, which is talking about a case where the uh, father died, all right, the father died, and it should come to you as a Yorish. So we said, so therefore, why can't you, it's, it's not being given to you legally now through the father, because the father died and was exhaler when he died. But the fact that now you're able to take it as your Yerusha, it's like, it's literally, it's like you being Baruchel for yourself, so therefore, I, so why do you have to get rid of it? Why can't you say, like, you should now it becomes legal, you should be able to take it for yourself, why can't, it's going like the Shita of Rabbi Akiva, that a Mechila doesn't help, whether it's Mechila through yourself, or, or, or the Nigzal being Baruchel to you doesn't help. And what we're saying is, that the Mishnah, by, that you have to go after him, the Madai, that's where the Nigzal is Baruchel, that there, the Nigzal's Meichel, that, that, that Mechila does help, and you don't have to take it anymore to Madai, you're going to hold on to it. So it says, that's going like the sheet of Rabbi Yossi Aglili. So Rabbi Cheja says, the logic of the cases doesn't make any sense. Because if you want to tell me a, a Mishnah going like the sheet of Rabbi Akiva, so Rabbi Akiva's sheet is, is that even if it now becomes legally yours, you still have to return it for kapara because it came through your into your hands in a in a, in a way. So why are you giving me example of our Mishnah where you did the mechila for yourself? You should have given me an example in the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. 
even where the Nigzal is willing to be Meichel to you, even where the Nigzal is willing to be Meichel to you, still you have to go and return it. If our mission, if the mission is going like Rabbi Akiva, then tell me the bigger Chiddush, not where the, it's like the Mechila for you being Meichel to yourself. Tell me even when the Nigzal is willing to be Meichel to you, you still have to give it back. So therefore, to say that our is going like Rabbi Akiva is Shver, why are you giving me the lesser Chiddush? And the same thing you can ask in the Shita of Rabbi Yosegli. Rabbi Yosegli holds that Mechila helped. So why is it give an example where the Nigzal Michael to you, you don't have to bring it to Modai. Why not give an example like our Mishnah? Give an example that even if you're Michael to yourself, it came to you for Yerusha, through a Yerusha, it came to you in a way that you're taking it for yourself, and still you don't have to give it back. If you want to tell me a Chiddush, you don't have to give it back where it comes, now it becomes legal. Why do you have to create the case where the Nigzal gave it to you? Say the case where you took it for yourself, like our case. So, if that is the shot, like Rabbi Yochanan saying, that one's going like Yosef Gluli and one's going like uh, Rabbi Akiva, so that once it becomes legal, it's okay, even if you're Michael to yourself. So then that should be the example of is where the person is forgiving it for himself, like, uh, like in the case where the father, the father died. For sure, if, like the case where the Nigzal is being Michael to you, that you should be able to hold on to it. And according to Rabbi Akiva, that the Chiddush is, you're not allowed to hold on to it, and we're saying there's no difference yourself or someone else, then it should be the case, even when the Nigzal is being Meichelet to you, you're not allowed to hold on to it. He cannot be Meichelet to you to give you the Kapora. You have to get rid of it. You have to give it away. You have to give it back. So call Shekei for sure what you're doing for yourself, that that's not as good as a possession as a, from when we, we got it through the Mechil of someone else. And therefore, why do we have to write the case in Rabbi Akiva, like our case was Meichelet Should it say the bigger Chedesh? Should it say that where the victim is Meichelet to you and it's uh, and it still doesn't work. So our case would be Give the other example. So therefore, Shabshesha says it can't be that this represents two different opinions, because if it represents the two different opinions, it should say the bigger chiddish of each opinion. So El Amr the way he looks at it is must be it is one shita. It's all going like Rabbi and you have to say that what we assume, that there's no difference between yourself or coming from the Nigzal, there is a difference. And Rabbi Yosei Aglili holds like this. So, Kikam Rabbi Yosei Aglili, Dematsi Machil, that Dafka, when Mechila works, is Dafka if it's the Nigzal doing it for you. Like the case in Madai where the, the Mishnah says it works and you don't have to bring it to Madai anymore because the Nigzal was Mechila to you. And our Mishnah that says that Mechila doesn't work where the father dies, you can't possess it for yourself. There, that's why in our Mishnah, the Mechila doesn't work. But it's going both in the Shita of Yosef Glili, where being Mechalik, then the Mechila from the Acherim works, but not when it comes through your own actions, not through the Nigzal being Mechila to you. And, now, and it comes out, and according to Rabbi Akiva, he holds that neither one works. Comes up with Yosef Lili holds, it does work when it's through Acherim, it doesn't work on the day Atzma. All right, and now, so now, now you have to. Uh, so, somebody who comes to yourself, you cannot be, it cannot be Meichel. Now, the only Shaila is what about the Brysa where we brought down the Machlikas between Yosei Aglili and and Rabbi Akiva, where it was a ger that you thought was your law, that he was dead, and he found out he's alive, he turned it into a loan, and then. Uh, and, and, and then Itaka died. So the way we originally learned it is that when he turns it into a loan and now he dies, so you are taking it from Hefker. It's like you're taking it for yourself. But we're saying now, according to Yosef Glili, that doesn't work. 
So when it says like this, that, that now we're saying in the, in the Shita here of uh, Rav Sheshis, there actually, it had to say in the Shita of Rav Yosegli where he made it into a loan. Now we're saying his making it into a loan was like being mechile to you. It's no longer gzela, making it into a loan. That was the act, so it's considered mechile al-dei That's why taka works. So according to Rav Giva, mechile doesn't work. And therefore this, even though this might be like a mechile, he changes it from a gezel into a loan, doesn't work. According to Rabbi Yosei it does work, but now it's Davka. It had to be, not like Rabbi Yochanan explained it, it had to be Davka that he made it into a loan. Because if he would have made it into a loan, it remained as Exela, then Taka Rabbi Yosei would not have held that you're able to hold on to it because it wasn't a mechila from the nigzal that's taking possession of it yourself. So that's why it had to be davka mishum dezavka labemilva. That's the case really why it works according to Rabbi in the Brisa. So this is going according to the explanation of Rav Sheshes. So Rav Sheshes disagreed with Rav Yechanan that trying to make it a machlokas tanoim. Rav Sheshes said both both Mishnahis go like the sheet of Rabbi Rav agrees with Rav Sheshes that it can't be a machlokas tanoim. He disagrees that which tan both Mishnahis are going like. Rava Amar Havaha Rabbi Akiva. If both Bryces reflect the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. So it means like this. When Rabbi Akiva holds Mechila doesn't work. That's if you're trying to do it. You're trying to do it for yourself. Like our Mishnah. Where you're trying to take possession of it itself. The father died. And now you want to make it Mechila for yourself. Because now it becomes your Yerusha. Can't work. Aval, in the case of Madai, when the Nigzal was doing it for you, Matsi Machil. That means Rabbi Akiva is the one that makes the difference between. Now, according to Rabbi's explanation, what does Rabbi Yosei have to hold? So therefore, Mechlal Rabbi Yosei Savar, he would hold, even for yourself, it becomes legal because you're possessing it for yourself without the Nigzal having given it to you or being Meichel it to you. It does work. I mean, according to the Shita of Rava, it, neither one's going like Rabbi Yosei because Rabbi Yosei Shita is Mechila works, whether it's Mechila through the Nigzal or even when you take possession of it yourself, right? So the question like this, if that's the case, and this is a question we could have asked before, is that comes out that any time it now legally becomes possible for you to possess, you don't have to give it back, then how do you ever have a parsha of Gezel Ger? There's a parsha in the Torah that says that if there's a Ger that he dies, there's no one to give it to, you have to go give it to the Kohanim. Why do you have to give it to the Kohanim? If you're telling me, that according to Yosei that you can even be Meichel for yourself, so Gezel Ger, he dies, it's Hefker, take it for myself. Why do I have to go find a Kohen to give it to? So Ela Gezel Ger, the Rahmana Nasina Kahanim that uh, you uh, that there's a, that that you have to now gift it to the kahanim what's the case if it comes mutter for you to take it back then you should be able to keep it yourself so Rav says like this Rav says that is mechadish that when the Mishnah is talking about when when the, when the Torah is saying that you have to give it to a kohen it's different in the case over here when the uh, when when the uh, would Rabbi Yosef Lili would hold that when there's for the when there's a Yerush that he would be allow you to hold on to it yourself. His Hachamay Askinen b'she Gazal es a Ger. The Torah told him on a case where you stole from the Ger, v'nishbala, and you swore falsely. And now the halacha is umeis a Ger before you were meida, before you can admit you did something wrong, he died. And then v'hoida. And now you want to get kapor. You want to do tshuva. Too late because now at this case misa. Once you admit it after misa. It doesn't help at this point to say I can hold on to it. To be idna de oidi, because at the time you're a moida, kona Hashem, that already belongs to Hakodesh Baruch Hu Ki'ilu. 
right? He stands in the place for the gear. He's there, and you have to nuzz on him. You have to go give it to Khan. Means like this. The point is, if you would have been moida to the gear, at that time you would have been moida to gear. The hada is actually part of the kapara process. I moida to the gear, and at that point, now the only thing is, you have to give him the chaymish gear before you're able to give him the gear. You already started the kapara process. At that point, if he dies. We allow you to hold on to it yourself. That, that's what Rabbi Yosef will be holding. Aye, what's about the case of the Torah? The case of the Torah, the Kapora case didn't start yet. The Kapora there, the Gerd first died. And now, it now becomes into the realm, the Pazik's telling it, it becomes like the realm of Hashem takes the place for the Gerd. Aye, now you're a Moida. You're a Moida. Now it, it's, you, it's, you have to pay the Hashem's uh, portion to the Kohanim. That's, that comes out of a very big nafkamina now between Rabbi Yosef Lili and Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Akiva, Hodah, your own, that you possessing it yourself doesn't work. You always have to give it away. So you don't have to make that chiluk in the Torah's case. Either way, you have to go give it to the Kohanim. Sometimes you have to give it to Daka. You have to see when, when you, uh, what the Rishonim discuss, which is the difference. But that's now, comes according to Rava, uh, uh, that's the case. And then the Haidul Achamisa Yumaida after he died. And then the Ba'ida Aidu at the point of time he that Yumaida already Kanashem and Asnai Alakanim that goes to the Kohanim. Okay. Now, let's go on. Bay Ravina. Gazal Hagioris. What happens if it wasn't stealing from a gear? Stole from a Gioris. Again, Mahu, what's the din? And there's no relatives. Do you have to give it to the Kohanim or not? Now, why would you think there's a difference? Because if you take a look, the Torah, the Din Torah that writes that, it says, V'im ein le'ish goyal, use the word ish. So ish amarachman, Kosh Baruch used the word ish to tell you this is what you have to do and end up giving it to the Kohanim. But maybe lo isha, maybe it doesn't include a woman. By a woman, maybe. There is no Din giving it to the Kohanim. That's just the normal way that we say things, the masculine, it includes the feminine, it includes the woman as well. So Amalei Rav Aaron, I don't know any other place we have Rav Aaron. Right in the Torah. But Amalei Rav Aaron, the Ravina. Tashema, come and listen. The Sanyo, the Brisa says, Beferis is Ish. Ish. I only know that the din is that this din you have to give to the Khan and pay the Khan and when it's a man. When you're a Maida and you have to. And, but Ish, Minayan, how do I know it applies to a woman as well? Kisha Aimer, Mushav. A Moshav. A Moshav that has to be returned. The guilt payment has to be returned. Uh, uh, that's really mentioned twice, and one of them is redundant. If you take a look. It says, "Imein ish goya lahoshiv." First time, Hashem, elava Hashem, hamushav laHashem. Second time. So why does it have to mean return, return twice? So therefore, I shnayim twice. It's mentioning the same idea of returning. So therefore. Uh, it's coming to be marba harikan shnaim, not just to the man, but shnaim means to the woman as well. I, if it means including the woman, then why the Torah use the word ish? Imkain matamod imish, elavatamod lema ish. When it says ish atatzarech lachzar achrav imyesh legalim even if the person's a convert, but he's an ish, he's an adult capable of fathering children, you have responsibility before you give it to the kohanim. To make sure that there are under, that he has not been able to father any other children, he has no other relatives. But it's a cotton who's not able to father children. That's why I said then you don't then you can right away go ahead and uh, uh, and uh, you can give it to the kohanim. So then uh, because you know for sure it could be a dusha and Galim, and then you don't have to worry about uh, uh, looking for anyone else. You can automatically right away give it to the 
Kohanim. All right, gentlemen, we'll stop over here.